Public News Service Daily Newscast, February 7th, 2024. I'm Farah Siddiqui. The House GOP failed to impeach Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. The vote was stuck in a tie for several minutes as leaders scrambled, but in the end, four Republicans voted against the measure, leaving the final tally at 214 to 216. Former President Donald Trump received a major setback as Washington courts made the unanimous ruling to deny Trump's presidential immunity. This ruling opens him up to be prosecuted on charges of insurrection from January 6th and plotting to overturn the 2020 election. AARP Iowa is calling on lawmakers to crack down on gift card scams during this year's legislative session. Imposture scams have been the number one consumer fraud scam in Iowa for nine years running and commonly seek payment via gift cards. AARP Iowa's Paige Jan says imposters play on a victim's fears, usually tied to family members. A gift card scam takes place when somebody reaches out and says, hey, your son or daughter is in trouble, they're in jail, perhaps, and the fastest way to get them out is to go buy a gift card and read me the numbers on the back so I can get them out. AARP Iowa is pushing for a measure designed to educate people about gift card scams and encourages consumers to think twice before falling victim. Gift card scams cost Americans close to $150 million in 2023, according to the Federal Trade Commission. I'm Mark Moran. Lawmakers in Washington Olympia are considering a measure that could significantly boost voter turnout in local elections. Eric Tegedoff has more. House Bill 1932 would allow cities and towns in Washington to change their local elections from odd to even-numbered years. An analysis by the think tank Sightline Institute finds the switch could increase turnout by at least 60 percent. Head of the Northwest Progressive Institute, Andrew Villeneuve, says odd-year elections don't get people to the polls. They have very, very small numbers of voters participating, and it's also a much less diverse electorate than what we would see in an even year. So there's fewer voters of color, fewer young voters. Voters participating. The bill in the legislature would allow cities and towns to choose if they'd like to switch local elections to even-numbered years. A new report looks at how many people go on to get degrees or other education credentials after high school and says Mississippi has some work to do to improve its numbers. Danielle Smith has more. The Lumina Foundation tracks higher ed attainment and says 60% of working age adults should be earning some kind of post-high school degree. Right now, that number is just over 48% in Mississippi and just over 54% nationwide. But Courtney Brown with Lumina says progress is being made. And impressively, this past year, 42 states along with D.C. and Puerto Rico, witnessed an uptake in in degree attainment. Mississippi's goal is to get to 60 percent of adults with a degree or certificate by the year 2035. This is Public News Service. Experts say social media algorithms are radicalizing users and increasing extremism in Arizona and around the country ahead of the 2024 presidential election. Alex Gonzalez has more. Michael Chertoff with the National Council on Election Integrity says better protecting data privacy could make the algorithms less destructive without infringing on free speech. I do think we could regulate access to data, uses of data, and the application of algorithms to that data without offending the First Amendment. Chertoff adds that data is one of the most critical ingredients in building algorithms using artificial intelligence. He says data collection by big tech companies should be better regulated as it is used to send specifically targeted and polarizing messages to consumers. A large majority of Americans say they have little to no trust in companies to use AI responsibly, according to the Pew Research Center. 
A North Carolina nonprofit is helping people from diverse backgrounds break into the technology industry. By offering free intensive training and software development, Code the Dream is empowering underrepresented people with limited financial resources. During the pandemic, Danielle Prelo, a Maryland resident, says she successfully transitioned into a new career by enrolling in remote courses with Code the Dream. I was looking into boot camps and a lot of boot camps can be like $10,000, which is as much as a car. And I already have student debt, so that necessarily wasn't like the route I wanted to take. Through Code the Dream and the support of her mentors, Prelo says she became an apprentice and ultimately got a job at the SAS Institute. She credits the organization for granting her access to a career she initially thought was unattainable. The tech industry has long faced criticism for its lack of diversity. She says Code the Dream is addressing this issue by eliminating financial barriers that have kept underrepresented people out of the field. Shantia Hudson reporting. It remains unclear if a border security proposal proposal in Congress will cross the finish line. As the controversy continues, Mike Moen reports a group in Minnesota feels the public has lingering misconceptions about immigrants. The compromise bill emerged in the U.S. Senate, but has hit a major roadblock. Fina Iyer with the Immigrant Law Center of Minnesota says as the debate unfolds, people need to realize certain longstanding myths about new arrivals are not true, such as immigrants becoming so-called freeloaders. There are so many laws that actually highly restrict immigrants from getting any type of public benefits or services in our country. She adds there's no quick line for those seeking to legally immigrate. As for the Senate bill, Iyer's organization, which is nonpartisan, calls it a misguided border strategy. It says the plan has a few bright spots, but does more harm in trying to address the large numbers of people seeking asylum. This is Farah Siddiqui. For Public News Service, member and listener supported, heard on interesting radio stations, your favorite podcast platform, and you can find our trust indicators at publicnewsservice.org.